What's going on, Cryptoland? My name is Phil. This is the Fun with Crypto podcast. We are in season two, and this is episode 18. Well, I hope everybody's having a good week. I just finished an incredible interview with Ash Rolston. For those of you who don't know her, she has a website, Cryptic.com, which has a lot of tools and incredible information for beginners as well as novices, intermediates, and advanced um, about trading in cryptocurrencies and dealing with Bitcoin and just a lot of really helpful information. Anyways, I got to know her when I first got when I first started in Bitcoin. She's all signal and no noise and just a very refreshing, you know, objective point of view. And, you know, also just, you know, being truthful. So it's, you know, she's the kind of person that is definitely, you know, not pandering to somebody's ego. You know, she's going and getting objective information and whether people like it or not, it's coming out. And I definitely appreciate it. So without further ado, here's my interview with Ash Rolston. All right, everybody. I've got a very special guest with me. When I first got into crypto, and um, I, I really didn't know the difference between, first of all, I, I didn't know the description of signal and noise. So it, it never even had occurred to me who is signal and who is noise. And the only place I really know where to go look for anyone was Facebook. And I ended up joining a group called Crypto Coin Trader. And there I started to see some really interesting posts from somebody that I could see was obviously being very objective but at the same time was also just being very blunt. And I, I found that style of teaching, or at least that's the way I, I took it, was I, I found it very refreshing. Like here was a person that wasn't pandering, you know, to, to what you wanted to hear and, and really just telling it to you the way that it was. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce her. It's Ash Rolston. And Ash, I want to thank you very much for joining me. I've been wanting you to come on my podcast for a very long time. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Thank you for inviting me, Phil. Thank you. So um, the first thing I want to start off with um, really is for, for all the listeners out there, could you maybe just explain your, uh, you know, your rabbit hole story, so to speak, you know, how you got into Bitcoin and, you know, just kind of give your, your background on that? Well, I've been in crypto almost seven years now. It's been quite a journey. When I was looking to to get into crypto, I kept hearing all about Bitcoin. You know, Bitcoin was dying. Bitcoin was um, having a huge bull run to like a dollar, um, which in retrospect is kind of funny. Um, <laughs> but everyone kind of steered me clear of it they're like you know this isn't going to work out this is a bad idea the banks won't allow this you know and those were the most open-minded people that were like the banks won't allow this um but it's funny because we have a lot of the same words said today when we talk about bitcoin and crypto it's the same talking points time and time again um but i went ahead and i learned all i could about it you know and seven years on i'm still learning every single day i'm still exploring new topics and i put all of that education all of that research into um teaching others you know you found me in cct i'm also in a few other groups but the the biggest thing to me is making sure that i am a place to find solid information and you know i don't ever want to be seen as 
oh, I'm giving signals or I'm making calls or, you know, I'm just making things up. You know, I think that it's, it's so important just to have a real source of information in the industry. And I really just want to just clarify to the listeners, when, when I say signal and noise, I, I'm also not referring, I'm referring to the same thing as, as Ash. We're, we're not, I'm not talking about, you know, somebody calling signals in terms of buy signals and sell signals. I, I'm talking about a person offering, you know, truthful, honest, objective information. So Ash, uh, please, uh, please continue with your rabbit hole story. Yeah, so I, you know, I got into this industry and I've sort of never come up for air. It's been seven years where I just keep going in and going in further and further. You know, this industry is something that once it pulls you in, if you're really interested in being in it, you don't leave. You know, a lot of people will jump in or jump out and get scared or they'll make it to the first fair market and get out. But if you're in it for the right reasons, if you're truly interested in, you know, revolution and and people having an alternative to the traditional banking systems, you know, redistributions of wealth models, you know, deflationary cryptocurrencies, all of this stuff, it ends up building together to, to continue, you know, um, drawing you in, in a way, you know, every time that I get on to any real forum for the, the cryptocurrency world, you know, it's so much information and you can go down a number of rabbit holes, number of directions. You know, I personally, I was in school when I first found out about it and I bought my very first Bitcoin. And when I did that, suddenly I had this this stake in the game. You know, I've been observing it. I've been researching it. And, you know, it was right after a huge drop. It was like an 80% drop. And everybody was like, oh, my God, Bitcoin's dead. And I'm like, okay, well, I couldn't afford a whole Bitcoin. I didn't even know Bitcoin was divisible when I bought a Bitcoin. Um, (laughs) But I'm like, I couldn't afford a whole Bitcoin from now. So I hope it's not dead. But I finally bought a Bitcoin, you know. um, What year was was that? Uh, 2013. Awesome. 2013, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was a broke college student, okay? Like, <laughs> like I was the broke with the capital B. Um, uh, and so you could that, buy a Bitcoin back then. That says a lot. <laughs> yeah, I you mean, know? it was. It meant that I didn't go out that weekend. Like, that's how <laughs> much of a sacrifice it was to buy a whole Bitcoin. Now you'd have to, like, skip a semester of school. <laughs> so worth it. or maybe just not buy textbooks or something. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, that was over six years ago now. And it's just been, it's been a constant rush ever since. Oh my gosh. That is absolutely amazing. Um, Okay. So I I mean, look, you've obviously been in the space for a really long time. Tell me, um, I I know that you do um, a couple of things. Like not only do I know you from crypto coin trader, but um also, you have a website, Cripic.com. Why don't uh, tell us yes. about it, please? Um, so in 2017, everybody was all about Bitcoin, all about crypto. You know, and I saw so many people educating, but they weren't really educating. <laughs> they were misinforming. And that drove me 
nuts, okay? I I know you know, Phil, because you've seen me around now, but I don't think your, your listeners are really going to understand how bad that drove me nuts. Um, <laughs> no, so most, I decided... most of them are on Twitter, so most of them aren't even <laughs> in Facebook groups. I think this is going to be the first time there's going to be a, like more a higher concentration of Facebook listeners, but I'm sorry, continue. Well, you know, I, I just, I saw all these people charging for Discord groups, Telegram groups, uh, Slack groups, uh, people doing Udemy courses that didn't even know what a depth chart was. You know, I, I just see all of these people and they're educating, supposedly, but it's all just misinformation. And it wasn't even intentional misinformation. It was just flat out wrong information, you know, and that just made me so upset, you know, and I I kept putting information out there. I kept educating people and everybody's like, why don't you do a course? Why don't you get on Udemy? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? And so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to make a course site, but I'm not going to charge people per course. I'm not going to charge people, um, like a lot, you know, I want it to be accessible. So I launched Cripic and Cripic has an annual membership that is, cheaper than Netflix. Um, Like that was our goal from the beginning to be cheaper than Netflix. I think education should be accessible. Um, You know, and we have a lot of public education, open education available, but for our membership that includes all of our general courses, it's less than Netflix. So that was, that was the goal. That's Make amazing. education cheaper than Netflix. <laughs> that that's amazing, and and you know what, to, you know, it, being somebody. So, um, I don't know if you remember this. You may or may not recall this. So, y- you and I, I think, haven't really ever gone back so much on coin, crypto coin trader. Number one, because I'm, I'm just, I, I think it's because I'm not a shit coiner, so I, I don't come in with the whole, you know, XRP is the best crypto in the world, and. You know, like I, I just you don't see me making those comments, but I don't know if you remember once upon a time I had uh, I had told you about, uh, you know, taking a course online. And um, I, I think it was uh, and in no way am I bashing this course uh, because to some people they may get something good out of it. Uh, but it's the course that. Um, oh, my gosh, Ivan, Ivan on tech does. And like Ivan is like super brilliant and everything. But I remember you telling me that I could go and get that same material for free. Like, I, I still remember that. I remember, you know, you posting back to me that I could get that material for free. And, and in fact, you were absolutely correct. I, I absolutely could. So I ended up learning that the uh, the hard way. Um, but that, that was just one instance. And in no way, you know, is that person misin, you know, misinforming. But to your point, you know, in 2017, it was so big, you know, you, you just had to write a white paper and you got paid. So... That was just one instance. Yeah, you know, I I don't have any thoughts on Ivan on Tech's course. Um, I have not taken it. Uh, other than, you know, a lot of the stuff that is taught is stuff that can be learned for free. Even, you know, even the courses I teach, it's information that I learned for free. Um, but the issue is, is you can go out and you can learn for free your own self-directed, self-taught journey, or you can pay somebody who's already done the journey is going to teach you what you need to learn, you know, what you absolutely need to learn. You know, and I, I talk to people who have been in the space for, you know, three or four years, and they're like, I learn more from 
just what you post, not even going into my courses than I do from my own self-study. And a lot of people don't even know where to start. You know, they'll Google what is Bitcoin and then you get a page showing you uh, Bitcoin cash. Exactly. And just, you know, to talk about your material, you know, every your posts are absolutely incredible. Seriously, in terms of education wise, in terms of um, in terms of material, you know, like there's some people who post information where it's it's just a whole bunch of fluff, you know, like you're 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 reading about somebody's idea, you know, like your your posts are very factual and there's a lot of you know, there's a lot of good material in it and no fluff. So. I, I you know, I don't, that. I don't want to waste anyone's time by, by giving them fluff. You know, there's literally a hundred sites out there that all copy each other. You know, if I'm going to give you information with the goal of educating you, I'm not going to educate you on what a hundred other sites are educating you on. I'm going to educate you on what's going to make a difference in your time in the crypto industry. If I'm educating about security, you know, when I first wrote, one of my early posts on Steemit um, was 21 ways to get hacked in crypto, okay? And everybody's like, oh, my God, this is amazing. But you know what? That post served its purpose. Two and a half years since I wrote that post, and the two and a half years, every single tip on that post is widespread. At the time, everybody was like, no way. SMS 2FA isn't secure. What are you talking about? And now everybody's like, SMS TUFA isn't secure. Use an app. Use a hardware device. Use FIDO U2F. You know, all of the stuff that was practically novel in terms of security two and a half years ago when I write the post is now, it's now commonplace. People are getting educated, you know, and that's my goal is to bring education that people aren't necessarily getting, you know, everybody knows what the most popular cryptocurrencies are for the week. We can all see the thousand posts about them, the hundred people that are going, this is the new thing. Okay, great. Yes, it was new when the first news, we'll call them news sites, uh, picked it up 24, 48 hours ago. But it's not really going to teach you anything other than if you wanted to make a trade, maybe it's some hype, you know. Um, but that, that's really been my goal the whole time is to really have impact with the education that I bring to people. Um, yeah. I'm actually running pop-up boot camps pretty regularly right now. They're free. Anybody can join them. Uh, and they're focused on everybody having those standard foundations, security, knowing what is Bitcoin, what is blockchain, steering clear of scams, all of that stuff, you know, you really can't get that stuff in a concentrated format without knowing what you're doing or having somebody to mentor you in the space. And there just aren't that many people that are opting to, you know, handhold the people coming in. And so I'm running free pop-up boot camps for anybody interested in crypto, all those crypto curious people. Um, so it's, it's interesting. I think it's really awesome. I, um, I I've gone I've gone through some of the posts in the uh, the pop up bootcamp, and uh, I if I'm not mistaken, aren't you going to be starting another one very soon? Um, one actually started today. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I have another one scheduled to start the twenty second of April. 
And the link for that is pretty simple. It's a bit.ly link slash cryptic, C-R-Y-P-P-I-C-K. So I'm sure you can drop that in your description. I, I was going to say, I will add that to the, I'll get that from you after the show and uh, we'll add that to the, to the show notes so that we can get it on the, uh, the post when it goes live. Um, okay. So, okay. So you've got cryptic.com and we discussed the, uh, the bootcamp. Now there's a, there's another way that, um, that I also know you is that you wrote a really incredible, um, I, I find it's, you know what, look, it, it's not. It's not a long book, but it has a lot of material in it, and that is uh, too broke for Bitcoin. Now I know that you did a first edition, and if I'm not mistaken, um, you're going to be releasing a second edition. But do you maybe want to explain? Because you know, again, th this goes back to people coming into the space, and you end up touching on a really interesting topic. You know, this is one thing I love, you know, about reading your work, Ash, is that you you don't just focus on you know one thing about Bitcoin or crypto. You, you focus on multiple facets and I find too broke for Bitcoin. Like, look, for me, you know, I've come into this space. I, I don't write code, you know, like, I, I, yeah, I'm a network technician and I know how to troubleshoot a lot of different, you know, SQL and connectivity issues and stuff. But at the end of the day, like, I can't write any code. So, you know, how do I contribute to this space? You know, I do it through podcasting and I find through this book, Too Broke for Bitcoin, you know, I mean, OK, my method is not lucrative, but for somebody who wants to make money in Bitcoin or actually earn Bitcoin, they can do so, um, at least through the methods that that you write about in this book. So uh, I don't know if you want to talk about Too Broke for Bitcoin, but I, I think people would really enjoy it. Yeah, um, Too Broke for Bitcoin is actually we're heading towards the version two, second edition. Um, anyone who's already bought it gets the updated version directly to their email uh, automatically. So that's really helpful. Um, the Too Broke for Bitcoin book is it's the result of who I was when I entered crypto combined with maybe two dozen people that I met along the way. Um, when I entered crypto, again, <laughs> I had to sacrifice to afford one Bitcoin, okay? Um, I know that sounds crazy now in retrospect, but $67 was a lot of money for me, you know? And there are other people in crypto who are in a similar situation. You know, mine was because I was paying the man for higher education. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of people who are too broke for Bitcoin. You know, I was too broke for Bitcoin. And along the way, I've encountered so many people who are also, whether it be because they're in a country where they live on a dollar a day or they are unbanked, you know, uh, it's very expensive to be unbanked. Uh, if you don't have the loyalty discounts banks give you, you know, they don't charge you to cash your check. They don't charge you for this or that or the other. You're not charged uh extra fees for paying your your utilities you know there's a lot of expenses that people pay when they're unbanked that contribute to not being able to buy bitcoin um if you're in a situation where you don't have a lot of money over your expenses or in some case in my favorite case personally you're too young to use an exchange i don't know how ex you don't uh, i get so excited when I have a teenager that's like, 
Um, I like crypto. I want to earn crypto, but I can't. I can't get on an exchange. And you're like, oh my god, this is amazing. Um, actually, funny story. My I was in a mom group on Facebook, and this mom post. My son is mining some sort of cryptocurrency in his closet with all of these old cell phones. And I just want to know if it's illegal. And I'm like, it's not illegal. He was 14. Okay. Uh, and he was mining using like all their old phones, whole family's old phones. <laughs> what was he mining? You know? I don't even remember. It was like three years ago. Um, but he he was mining using old cell phones. And I'm like, you know. <laughs> I'm trying to think of <laughs> no, like some coin that you could do. Like, it was, yeah, you're it right. Was something. <laughs> anyway, he, uh, he was not breaking the law. Even though his mom was scared he was. I'm like, you know, I would be more concerned about it being a fire hazard. That he's mining using... A bunch of cell phones in a closet that has clothes in it uh, <laughs> like but it's not illegal let's you know let's hop into some messages and i'll walk you through it walk him through it um and let's let's get you and him educated so that he feels empowered and that you feel okay with what he's doing and i'll give you guys some options for him to earn crypto without trying to set your house on fire and um i actually sent him a mining rig with very specific instructions of how and where to set it up. Um, That's amazing. It, it was one of those things where it's like, oh, I'm so excited. The new generation loves crypto too. Um, <laughs> but every time I run into that, it's so exciting for me because they're into crypto before they can even legally buy crypto. They have to earn it in some way or another. They have to earn it, um, you know, or be gifted it. Uh, but yeah, he, every time I think about that, I think about him and his mom and, and is this illegal? Uh, no, it's not illegal to mine in your closet, but it might be frowned upon to do such a fire hazard type thing. Um, but yeah, that's why I, I wrote to broke for Bitcoin. It's for those people that can't buy crypto for whatever reason, you know, even those who can buy crypto, but may want to increase their portfolio quicker one of the things that i talk about in two broke for bitcoin is a 10 percent gain okay uh 10 gain on 100 bucks is 10 bucks if you have a hundred dollar portfolio and you earn ten dollars in crypto you've just added 10 percent to your portfolio okay if you have a ten thousand dollar portfolio ten dollars is going to seem like nothing to you and if you have a ten thousand dollar portfolio maybe to broke for Bitcoin is not for you. Okay. I mean, you're welcome to buy it. You're welcome to buy it for somebody who it is for welcome to read it. Encourage me, whatever, but you're not going to be thrilled with $10 in Bitcoin. Somebody who has a hundred dollars in Bitcoin, somebody who has $50 in Bitcoin, $10 in Bitcoin is a significant increase. It's better than a good trade. That's absolutely right. And I think you, you touch on something very important it's the percentage like you know a lot of people sit there and they look at the dollar amount and right there you know they'll look because of course you know many people are still comparing to usd you know or whatever their local currency is and 
you know, they'll, they'll sit there and they'll look at the dollar amount and go, oh, you know, I only made 10 bucks, but what if that 10 bucks is 10%? You know, like, think about it. A bank will not pay you 10% on a savings account. You won't even get 3%. You know, think of the inflation rate. So the reality is, is that if you're beating the bank, you know, if you're beating a savings account and you're, you know, and you're able to beat the regular cost of living inflation rate with your earning, I think that alone is, is something to be proud of. You know, absolutely. Sorry. I have one guy who, as soon as I released, he broke for Bitcoin. I mean, he bought it within five minutes of that link being posted. Um, he spends 15 minutes a day doing the methods in the book, like literally just 15 minutes a day. That's his thing. He lays in bed, plays on his phone and earns crypto, um, which I mean, I can't say that I am as dedicated as him for earning crypto, <laughs> but. If he wants to do that, that's awesome. But, you know, $15 a day, $10 a day, whatever, that, that all adds up. And, you know, if you're talking about the 1 billion people, the over 1 billion people in the world who live on less than a dollar a day or the over 3 billion people who live on less than $5 a day, that's a significant change in their financial situation, you know, having $10 a day coming in. Um even having $5 a day coming in is a significant change. And it's, you know, you don't have to spend all day doing it. Um, so that's one of the things that I was really, really focusing on with Too Broke for Bitcoin. You know, we talk about revolution and we talk about cryptocurrency, but no one's ever talked about how we're just recreating the same financial structures, the same wealth distribution that we have in the fiat world in crypto because everything is focused on buying cryptocurrency. Sure, some people have gotten rich that weren't rich before, but we still have that same distribution. If you look at the Bitcoin rich list, you know, you see the same distribution. We have to include people who are not included in the fiat wealth structures in the crypto wealth structures if we truly want it to be revolutionary. I, I totally agree. It, it goes back to this quote, which I don't know who said it, but it's definitely somebody smarter than me. It's, uh, you know, Bitcoin wasn't meant to unbank the bank. It was meant to unbank us all, you know, so it's it's meant to be inclusive. It, it, it was meant, you know, for, you know, for all of us to be able to partake in this. So I and I and I do agree that, you know, we do see very similar wealth distributions as a result of, you know, the current state of things in, in the way that it is. So that that is yeah that's a very good point. Um, okay, so here so um, do you have anything else to add about Too Broke for Bitcoin? I mean I'm obviously gonna post a link to uh, I, I think it has a uh, a website. I know that we can get to it from Cryptic, but I'd like I, I'm gonna post just a, a link to directly to that book if anybody wants to uh, purchase it. Yeah, it's available on Cryptic's website right now. Um, when version two is alive, it'll be on Amazon which will be in the next week or so. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Based on whenever this podcast is live. Um, <laughs> but the, um, the Too Broke for Bitcoin community on sync, S-Y-N-Q dot tech is live and it's 2B4B.sync.tech. Um, and we post earning opportunities in there fairly regularly. So... You'll have to give me that link so we can add it to the show notes. I will. It's a complicated link. I'm yeah. sorry. No, no worries. That's awesome. You know, it's it, it, it's good stuff and it's got to get out there. So we definitely appreciate it. Um, okay, so here we're going to switch gears a bit away from, uh, 
you know, from all the amazing material that you created um, into a little bit more of the, uh, the social aspect. You know, I, I think that, you know, for there's a lot of people on. So here, you know what? I, I've explained this in previous episodes, but I'll give a, you know, a little bit about it now. It's so when you get into Bitcoin, you don't know really where to go and where to find people. Um, and where to find like-minded people and, you know, or where to go and sort out between like-minded people and, you know, shillers. So you end up in places like Facebook and Reddit and Telegram and Twitter and Discord and Slack. And, you know, you end up in all these places and they, they all have their, you know, there's all legitimate people and there's also, you know, a lot of shills. And one place I find where you get the high, like a very high concentration of people is in Facebook and Facebook is an interesting place because it's not really a a Bitcoin or crypto platform but it has massive crypto groups and these you know these groups consist of everything from to be perfectly honest people who are involved with some pretty big projects people who are really serious in the space such as yourself you know that are like building proper resources to help people out you know, but it also has, you know, a bunch of like, you know, fly by night shit coiners that just show up and, you know, spout their crap about the coin that they're paid to shill. And then you have these other people who come in and try to, you know, sell you signal groups. So, you know, to, to, this is all just a giant background to you have been in this space much longer at, at least double the amount of time that I have. I, I pretty much got in in like late 2016, early 2017. You've been in since like you know, you've been watching it since 2011 and have been in it since 2013. You know, what, you know, in seeing all of these, you know, these different people and these different, you know, these different styles, you know, come through, what's your, you know, what's your take? Is it, is it just, you know, is it just history repeating itself or are, are we getting smarter? <laughs> you know, do we get better? <laughs> you know, one of the biggest things for, for education is really the bear market cycles. You know, um, we see these cycles in the market, and with it, we see these cycles of information. Um, you see, during the bull run, everybody has information. It's not necessarily good information, but everybody has information. And that information is focused on their goals, okay? And you, you can't know what their goals are. You know, they can be shilling to you. Uh, but you can't be assured that their information is in your best interest. It could be in your best interest. It could be in their best interest. Your interests could align. But you don't know unless you have the ability to sort of differentiate until you have the skill necessary to differentiate. And that's a big issue that we see during the bull markets is everybody's got information and all these new people are coming in and they're given poor information. I mean, look how many people invest in BitConnect. <laughs> Let's talk about BitConnect. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's just a whole nother day. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's its own. I, I think that could be its own episode, to be honest. <laughs> just five minutes from 10 different people on BitConnect. Oh, um, my God. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that we see we see all of these these bull market educators and they, they all have information, but you can't really tell how accurate that information is. And then the market turns and people slowly start to question these, these people that were kind of only giving them information that was in their own best interest and not 
in, you know, their audience's best interest. And so their audience slowly drifts away, you know, and then they kind of fade to black, you know. Um, but nobody wants, nobody wants to hear that during a bull market. And then a bear market comes around and suddenly it's all about education. It's about building. It's about learning. It's about growing. And so much positive stuff happens when the market is in the negative that it's, it's crucial to us growing as an industry. You know, we see these cycles over and over again. This is my third bear market. Um, but I entered right after one. So that timing's kind of weird. Um, the, uh, the big thing is though, is that education becomes a priority. Building becomes a priority. And you see these projects that never had any attention to build going away. That's amazing. The more people that are here to do ill by the, by the industry that leave the better. I mean, I don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you, you know? Um, and now you can tell I'm from the South. Sorry. <laughs> but the, the big thing is, is that these communities, they, they form around personalities and these personalities aren't always what's best for those communities. You know, we've seen it in a crypto coin trader where there have been certain personalities that are now uh, no longer really present within the group. Um, we saw it in CCC, the Cryptocurrency Collectors Club, which was around since 2014. Oh, yeah. There's about 30,000 people there. They shut the doors. Uh, I was an admin at the time. We shut the doors at 32,000 people during the 2017 bull run because we could not deal with any more people. <laughs> um and started a second group, the CCCB, the Cryptocurrency Collector Club for Beginners. There's way too many C's in that to pronounce. Um, but there's like 80,000 people on that one now, you know, and that's an open group. It's public. So everybody can see the posts in it, even if they aren't in it. Um, but, you know, we see this over and over again, and it's like the personalities are either good for you or bad for you. You know, Facebook really identified the personalities for us uh, with their new badges feature, the conversation starter, visual storyteller. Um, oh, yeah. You know, so you see the personalities now. You just don't get a rating of the personalities with it. Um, but it makes you see, okay, does, is this person really giving good information? Are they not? Um, but it kind of allows you to see, okay, is this person a show? If this person's a show, they usually don't have the, those badges, you know, um, and it's sort of become a community feature of sorts, but noobs are still going to end up there. Noobs are going to end up in communities with personalities that don't have what's best for them in mind. You know, we'll see them on YouTube. We'll see them on discord. We'll see them on every platform. And when it comes down to it, we need as many voices giving positive information, real information, as we have giving negative information or, or bad information. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And I, I could tell you as, you know, from my own personal experience, you know, you come into Bitcoin and to your point, most people, especially today at Bitcoin's, 
you know, even though Bitcoin has come down significantly, it's still, I think, out of reach for a lot of people. And, you know, you come into Bitcoin, you see this very high price and you say, I can only get part of one of those or I can go and get quarter of a million of those, you know, and and you it's almost like as a result of unit bias, you become a shit coiner, you know, it's well, I mean, it's, and like it's really sad. A five year old. Do you want a handful of pennies or do you want four quarters? It, it, ex thank you. <laughs> you know, <it's, laughs> exactly. And people just, you know, it's it really is a matter of unit bias. I, I kid you not. I, I see so many people because I, I don't truly believe that these people actually believe in the merits of some of these projects. I mean, don't get me wrong. What does it make a difference if your coin is faster, if all your blocks are empty and, you know, there's only one person that processes any of this? It, it's a completely centralized, you know, piece of garbage. I, I'm obviously not naming any particular coin because... Just, it has no security you know, it's just, and it has no network value. Exactly. And, and, and you know, there's plenty of projects out there that are exactly what I described. And, you know, people are out there pumping them, you know, and, and somebody who is unknowing is going to come along. So to your point, I, I think it's, it's a matter of we can't, and somebody else said this as well, I believe it was Richard Hart, um, you know, the scammers have infinite funds. You know, the scammers can always get people to give the money because everybody wants to get rich quick, right? But the people spreading the good word, they're, they're, you know, you're, it's like you're getting punished, right? It's you not know, what like... you want to hear. Sorry? <laughs> it's never what they want to hear. Exactly. I get so much backlash because I'm not saying <laughs> what they want to hear. When somebody asks me my opinion on their on the project they like, I'm like, oh, I know I'm about to get cursed out. I just know it. Exactly. <laughs> like every time. So I'm like, here we go again. So, so this project has no adoption. Zero. None. There's nothing in their box. There's no nodes. It's just Fred in his mother's basement who started the project. <laughs> but okay, what? let's just go ahead and move to the point where you curse me out because I don't like your new favorite shitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be better than Bitcoin, I swear. Okay, it's it's faster, it's it's got better marketing, <laughs> you know. It's like that that's really at the bottom of the day. Somebody sold me this so much better than the coin that didn't have a sales team, you know. Like that that's really what it is at the end of the day, you know. It's uh, like that, that's and then you honest. get into the real scammy ones with the guaranteed returns, and you're like, oh, please no, please no, <laughs> not today. <laughs> See, and, you, and you hold back, but you see, you're you're good. Like you go, you go back out there. You're, you, I know very few people like you. You're gonna go back out there, and you're gonna spout the truth. And these people are gonna come back to you with the same argument they came back to you six months ago, which is the same argument they came back to you a year ago with, which was the same argument they came back to you two years ago with. <laughs> so it's like, I I don't know. I just feel like I mean, look, I haven't been in this space for that amount of time, but I can tell you, in the amount of time I've been in this space. That that's it. I've already seen the same argument come back three times, you know. Oh, yeah. So and I can't even imagine double the amount of time. So there you go. But just to just to finish, uh, you know, what I was saying was was that you know we have to combat this bad information, the scam information, with the good information. And since you know the scammers have infinite funds, we can't possibly outmarket them with good information because we're not going to have infinite funds. So the only thing we can do is put out as much information, if not more information, as them. 
and, and that's it. And and win by you know I, I guess by quality of information and quantity of information. You know, I think that as time goes on, we'll see a lot more quality information being shared. You know, we're already seeing it in this bear market. Um, you know, and we'll have a bear, a bull cycle come, and they'll try to drown it all out. You know, but the SEO, the search engine optimization of positive information, is really established during bear markets because during bear markets. The scammers don't have the funds. It's a good point. But we still have the information. You know, we still have the good information. So when, during the bear market, we have this opportunity to sort of grassroots build our information, build our positive networks, build our positive groups, promote our positive personalities, you know, get into the crypto sphere that we want to see all the time every time there's a bear market and every time there's a bear market, the, the positives have a little bit more staying power. You know, they have more information out than the last time. Now, when you're looking up uh, crypto scams, there's lists, there's sites, there's people who are actively advocating against these scams, against this, against that. There's warning signs, there's red flags, there's all of these different, list and ways to vet and due diligence checklist and all of this stuff. And, you know, even during the 2017 bull run, those were rare, you know, they were very, very rare. And now they're somewhat ubiquitous. We see them on all different sites. And that sort of thing is power when it comes to the next bull run, because then they have to overpower all the work that we have done. You know, yeah, they can outspend us all day, every day. But that's fine. They can't get their their search engine optimization up when they didn't do anything for a year and a half. <laughs> you know? That's exactly right. Um, so they get buried with all of the stuff that we do when they're not making money. That's right. And I think this time we're putting out a lot of really good information and you know quality information. And it, it's th- this actually goes back to I had a uh, podcast interview with. Um, Dan Dan held and uh, he wrote an article called planting Bitcoin and it's actually a four-part article and um, you know there was a specific quote that he made not necessarily in that article but just I think on Twitter was that it's it's going to be about the narrative you know like the narrative compression and being able to give an easy narrative for the average person to understand you know what is quality and what is not I think is gonna go a long way so yeah, I think that's uh, that's pretty interesting. You know, I mentioned um, my two and a half years ago, I wrote 21 ways to get hacked in crypto. Um, that's the sort of thing that I, I was really aiming for was that easy to understand. If you do this, this is what will happen. You, you know, and I think that, I mean, I wasn't at all the first person to write about security and crypto. But I was one of the first few who put it in, this is what happens, cause and effect. You do this, this happens. You do this, this happens. This is how you prevent it. Um, And really easy to understand terms. Same with, you know, I have a series of articles on quantum computing. It's called uh, Quantum Computing in the Cryptocurrency Nightmare, Um, which kind of debunks that it's a nightmare. You know, all of this stuff, 
for so long has been at such a highly technical level. You know, we really have to adhere to the ELI-5 mindset. They explain it like I'm five mindset and stop being so highly technical and exclusionary and make it to where normal people can understand. Normal people can transact. Normal people can stay secure. That's a big one, especially when in crypto, you are your own bank. You're absolutely right. Exactly. And um, okay, so I, I definitely want to put in the uh, in the show notes. So that article that you wrote for the 21 ways to get hacked, which by the way, um, you wrote that article well before I got into the crypto space and into Bitcoin. And as you can imagine, everything was obviously still true in that article when I got in. And it's all still true today. So to your point, you know, like that that's even also a test or I'd say a testament to the quality of the information is that it's able to last, it's got more shelf life. You know, garbage information, I think, has a low shelf life. So, actually, I shouldn't say that because you know what? There's, there's some pretty bad lies that have lasted a long time. So, you know what? I'm totally wrong. I've already disproved myself. Somehow bad information also has a long shelf life. Well, you know, I think that the bad information has a long shelf life because of new people. Whereas good information has a long shelf life because it still applies to old people and to new people. So it's just they are able to maintain their bad information because there's constantly new people to to show it off on, you know. Um, That's a good point. You know, we don't rely on new people. We educate everybody. (laughs) There you go. Exactly. Um, So, okay. So how about this, right? Like, um, so you're just, you know, you're, you're getting into, okay, let's say, cause I, I always have this difficulty, right? If I'm a trader or I'm an investor and I saw you, you wrote this nice long post that, you know, obviously gave, I think differentiations between traders and investors, but that you also explained that it's, it's also not just about the mindset, but it's in the way that you handle your funds for trading versus investing. I myself am an investor full-time regardless of whether it's Bitcoin or stocks. Um, but I, I'm also a trader. Like I can't help it. There's, there, there's a part of me that, that, you know, whenever I have some spare time, you know, if I can sit down and do it, I'll start to take a look at some charts and I will try to make, you know, moves on the hour moves on the week. But my point is, is that, you know, I obviously keep different funds for that, but my point is, Trader versus investor, for some reason, people seem to confuse the two, conflate the two, um, you know, quote unquote, trade what they invest, which I don't understand that because then it's no longer an investment because you're trading it. So tell me, what do you, how how do you, you know, how do you help people kind of figure, figure out their way through that? Okay. So the first thing to understand is the traditional market in a traditional market, a trader they move in and out of positions pretty regularly while an investor is going to hold long term and the investor's advantage is that holding long term in the traditional market is lower risk you know um whereas with a trader it's higher risk and they're in position short term and they're usually trading news or situations that have things move very fast so in traditional world, we see long time frames, lower risk, short time frames, higher risk. Okay, 
So low, low uh, risk, longer time frames for investors, higher risk, shorter time frames for traders. In crypto, that risk profile for each of those is kind of different. So traders still are high risk and high reward, but investors are higher risk than traders in this market because of the time frame that they're in trades. When you look at altcoins, the failure rate is staggering. You know, on a three to five year time frame, you're looking at a 95% to 99% failure rate on altcoins. Okay, 99% if you look at the top 500, 95% if you look at the top 100. Okay, wow. so you're looking at nearly everything failing within five years in this industry. From an investor's perspective, if they move into a position and they're looking to hold it for three to five years, in crypto, that thing is going to be dead and gone. You're not even going to be able to use it because the blockchain's not supported. <laughs> I still... Yeah. The zombie it's, coin. It's... Yeah, you know, dead coins. There's a whole site of them. I love Literally that Literally thousands of them. <laughs> um, but so you can see where holding long-term becomes a high risk, higher risk than trading in and out to gain profit. Um, the whole shift in the risk profile from the traditional investing world, traditional stock market to the crypto market is found in that, in those failure rates. Um, so investing outside of the top few coins can become a fool's game, you know, if you're not accurately looking at all of that information. You know, um, I actually have a, a write-up on this as well. Uh, I say fundamental analysis is fake in crypto and everybody loses their mind. But the reality is, is that you never see fundamental analysis in crypto that takes the whole market into account. When you look at fundamental analysis in the stock market, market conditions are taken into account. Industry conditions are taken into account. You don't see that in crypto because every single fundamental analysis would end with 99% failure rate in the industry. What kind of investment does that you know, yeah. incentivize. It's like, great, everything's going to fail. So, eh, you know, but fundamental analysis in crypto is largely fake. I don't see anybody being honest about the fact that most everything will be dead in three to five years. I mean, there'll be new stuff, new hype, whatever. But these projects, they're not surviving. There's very few projects that make it past that five-year mark. And if they do, that's amazing. But most won't. You know, what What are you going to do if everything you pick is a failure, you know? Um, so we see that with investing in crypto. So we talked a little bit about those, those differing time frames, but investors in the traditional market, they're more interested in researching those fundamentals, that fundamental analysis, looking for a longer-term understanding of the potential or the prospects of a project. They can research daily or at least read the headlines for the industry, but overall they buy into a position, they're in it for a long term, they're not really looking for anything other than a major sign that they need to get out now. You know, um, in crypto, outside of the top few coins, you can't stay except for maybe months. You know, you can't really stay in anything 
outside of maybe Bitcoin, Litecoin, and Ethereum for a period of years. You just can't. They fail. They're gone. You know, I remember so many of the the next Bitcoins, the Ethereum killers, all of this stuff. It's like, what happened to it? Oh, you know, six months after it was an Ethereum killer, it's basically heading for dead coins. You know, <laughs> um, the there's um, one way to kind of bring this home. Go back to two years ago. Um, go look at the top 100. Three, three years ago, look at the top 100. And you'll see things on there that you're like, oh, I remember that. Where is it at now? And you click on it and you're like, oh. Um, <laughs> yes. So this high failure rate keeps many of the the more informed investors in the space and the pattern of investing that looks more like um, position trading, trading that occurs over a time period of months instead of the traditional investing patterns that are years. Um, another, another huge difference that we have to touch on is the level of attachment. You know, you hear those fundamentals and you get attached to the potential of a project and it's going to do X, Y, Z, whatever. It's going to be amazing. It's got, all this speed, nobody's using it, but it's got all the speed. Um, both should be unemotional. This is business, but you'll see that investors tend to get more attached to the fundamentals and potential, and that can really make it hard for you to sell when it's time to get out. So the the traders, they're like, "What's doing something today? Let's make some money," and that's exactly. that. You know, it, it's business. So. That's, that's something else that we have to really address is that this is business. You don't need to get attached. The fundamentals are hype. They're marketing. The fundamentals are never a full picture of the fundamentals that include the market conditions in this industry. And if you keep that in mind, the fundamental analysis that people post looks a lot more like marketing than it does if you're just like, oh, yeah, they're telling me about this great project. So I think you bring up uh, a good point. Um, it's the lens, right? The, 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 you know, the lens that we look at the information through. And I, I think that that's, that's very important because when I was looking at this through the lens of, let's say, you know, much higher levels of ignorance, all of these garbage projects look great. You know, like... The next Bitcoin totally in your mind is already out there. You just need to find it, you know, not realizing that it's at the end of the day, either something inferior or something not worth actually owning, or you realize that nobody's actually using this. So it's, again, it goes, it, it that lens comes with education. You come in and your lens is clear you're seeing nothing and everything looks amazing. You know what I mean? Like you don't realize that it's almost like you're like a, a person that can't smell, taste or touch and you're pretty much standing in a pile of crap. <laughs> so, yeah. You just don't know it yet because you don't see it. Um, so <laughs> you, you touch on something that, that's interesting to me. You know, people are are identifying these trades based on on how they see things you know and with traders we see different traders identify things different ways some people trade hype they trade events they look for these fundamental catalysts that are going to have an impact on the chart and they trade it and that's it 
Some people swing trade, some people scalp, some people do whatever works for them, you know. Um, and that gives them their profit or their losses, depending on their skill and other factors. Um, but traders are not all the same. You know, you can't say, okay, a trader only does this. You know, a trader does a lot of things. You know, different traders do different things. You know, but one thing that traders should have in common is that they are not trading with their emotions. They're trading with their brains. They're trading with math. They're trading to make money, not trading to give their capital to a project that is going to fail in six months. Yeah, exactly. I, I totally agree. So, um, I mean, I, I could I could go on for so many more topics and um, it's, it's just really amazing to have you here. If you have any, um, any final thoughts or any advice that, uh, that you want to give the listeners before we, uh, be, before we wrap up. My advice is to always verify things for yourself. You know, everybody has information in this industry and the best thing you can do to help yourself is to verify information for yourself. I know it's so cliche, but do your own research. Make sure that what you're seeing is the truth because everybody, everybody has a line to feed you. And whether that line works to your best interest or not is only something that you can determine if you have the information that you need to do so. Okay, great. So, um, if, if anybody wants to reach you, because I, I'm sure that a lot of people try to reach you, but what would be the best place? Um, like, would you want to give your, your Twitter contact or whatnot? What would be the best place to reach you or best way? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you probably don't want to follow my Twitter. I post a lot of randomness on there. <laughs> but, you know, a lot of people like randomness and, you know, I, you know it gets, to, gets people to know people. Uh, my Twitter is really simple. It's at Ash Crypto. I never intended to have a Twitter or to like be on Twitter, but it was the only way to yell at the scammer like two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and it's become a pretty good place. I mean, Bitcoin Twitter is a really is a really happening place. Oh yeah, I mean, I I love crypto Twitter, Bitcoin Twitter, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, but I mean, I never I never intended to be on Twitter, so it kind of really influences how I treat Twitter um, <laughs> as a platform. But yeah, my Twitter is at Ash Crypto. Um, I'll post but just know oh, that I only made it to yell at a scammer. So sometimes that's all I'm doing on there. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay. I find that still informative. So um, again, Ash, thank you so much for joining us. I uh, really appreciate it. And um, I'll catch you. Yes. Catch you next Thank time. you for having me. I really, I enjoyed this. It was fun. Awesome. Thank you again. All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed my interview with Ash Rolston. I'm going to post her, uh, you know, her contact information, well, the Twitter information in the uh, in the show notes. There's also going to be the links to her other resources in the show notes. And as always, if you want to reach me on Twitter or Telegram, I am at CoinIcarus. If you want to reach me by email, it's funwithcrypto at protonmail.com. Be reckless, have fun, catch you all next time.